You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Jamie Brown, an event producer based in Manhattan. Jamie grew up in Hillsborough, North Carolina, and from arts and crafts and scrapbooking to ice skating and competitive dancing, even earning the title of Miss White Lightning, North Carolina, 1998, Jamie went full force into pursuing artistic ventures from a very young age. Her childhood also included a love for dolls like Barbie and all things AG. Jamie had Samantha, everyone's favorite Victorian beauty, and would create tiny doll furniture and accessories to really bring Ms. Parkington's world to life. Could her highly detailed mindset have set the stage for Jamie's future career in event production? Perhaps. Full disclosure, Jamie is a former colleague and this girl was meticulous, but let's hear it from her. Jamie, we are so excited to chat with you today. Welcome to the podcast. Lindsay, thank you for that intro. I, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I want to thank you both for creating this podcast and having me on it. It's given me a reason to tap into my childhood and I don't think we do enough of that as adults. Oh my God. We're so excited to have you. And as I think we've told you before, you were one of the first people that came to mind when we thought about having this podcast because we just had a feeling that you had some American Girl stories. So Lindsay and I are so excited that we finally get to get into it with you. Definitely. But before we start our conversation about all things American Girl, Jamie, Would you please tell us what you were like growing up? Yeah. Uh, I had to ask my mom this one because, you know, you don't really know what you're like as a person. Um, And my mom said that I I really liked my friends and I was, you know, I liked to socialize. Um, I was very involved in my church growing up. It was like after school, you know, it's where I spent my weekends and it was a very whimsical environment. It was a really old church. So it was a very curious I fell somewhere between AG Barbie and Nancy drew mm-hmm. a great um, cross-section. Yeah. I, I was really creative, probably a lot more so into arts and crafts than, than I am now, although I wish I was, I started a summer camp for little girls when I was about 11 years old. And I hosted this summer camp for like five to nine year olds. Um, for a week in the summer, it was my first job. Stop it. Wait, what did that entail? Yeah, we would just, um, it was me and my friend Corinne. We called it CJ's fun camp and we had a flyer. It was like, is your child bored? Are they sitting at home flipping through the channels, not knowing what to watch? Send them to (laughs) CJ's fun camp. And we, we probably, I honestly think we referenced things from AG, from the cookbook, from the craft books. And we created these really fun activities for, for a day camp for little girls. My friend's mom was a, um, a school teacher. And so she'd pass the word along in her classes. And I mean, I feel like you'd never get away with this now, but we just hosted it at at our houses and our moms let us do it. It was so fun. So I don't know. I just, I really had, um, a curiosity for, for the imagination and, and I really enjoyed socializing and, um, I liked being in charge, obviously. Wow. I feel like that is such an incredible tie-in to your job today. Like (laughs) hosting this camp is just, it's perfectly Jamie. She's making a schedule of events. (laughs) (laughs) And the discipline, (laughs) like, you know, we had to have like plans for when kids didn't, you know, behave or follow the rules. We went on field trips daily nature walks. It was, it was a fun time. Oh my God. Wait, how many, how many girls were at this camp? Oh my God. I don't know. Maybe 10. 10. That's a lot. We we charged (laughs) like $20 a week. Like we thought that was a lot of money. These moms were getting away with robbery. (laughs) 
I mean, Honestly. it's still 200 bucks a week, but yeah, you're, they were definitely getting away with robbery. I think about this a lot. Like I started babysitting when I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how parents trusted me with their kids. Like if anything went wrong, I would have no idea what to do. Like today I'm like in my thirties, I still would have no idea what to do. Yeah. I didn't know CPR or anything like that. And I remember like distinctly being tasked with watching all my cousins and my little brother when I was 11 and they were between the ages of two and six. And there was three of them. (laughs) And my parents were like, this is fine. We want to do what we want to do. Like uh, parents were like, I don't care who can watch kids back then. They were like a warm right. body is good enough. <laughs> does, does this still happen today? Like, I can't imagine that I parents, don't. parents today who grew up babysitting when they were like 12 years old, probably knew how irresponsible they were and like, will not hire a child at this point. Right. Maybe I, they don't even let their kids eat the Halloween candy now. So I doubt out that that's going on no I can't see I cannot see that happening but times have changed so much I mean it's crazy to think back on like your maturity level as like a 12 year old being responsible for like sometimes like baby age kids they're just like here's a a baby for you to watch but I can't imagine 10 kids Jamie that is like an undertaking even with two of you that's still like five on one it was so fun. I, I, I feel like it was just, yeah, it makes me sad that we don't tap into that imaginative side of our brains as much as adults. We don't have room for it. We're worried about paying the bills, you know? But, right. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Laura and I hope to, in the future, have an AG camp of our own one day <laughs> catering to adults. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Just like a day or it could be like, okay, Jamie, maybe we will contract you to help us plan this because we definitely will (laughs) be perfect outlet for you to intersect with our business. Uh, Basically, we want to do like a retreat of some kind, like think like a Gwyneth Paltrow goop retreat, but for like American girl fangirls. OMG, I bet you could get the pleasant company involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like they owe us some kind of sponsorship, but like <laughs> we would be looking to you to help us get those activities going, dust yeah. off those American girl books and see what we can come up with. <laughs> yes. We can make some, um, let's see what, what page I land on some ice cream snowballs. Exactly. Yes. So Jamie, Jamie right now is holding up Samantha's cookbook, which we'll get into a bit later on the podcast, but she has all of her Samantha books with her right now. So it's really exciting. There's tons to tap into there. I feel like we haven't really talked that much about the side books of American Girl yet. And I feel like Jamie has some tea to spill about that. But before (laughs) we get into the books, I would love to know, Jamie, what your earliest memory with American Girl was. Um, Do you remember what age you were when you got your doll? And how were you first introduced to American Girl? Mm -hmm. I don't know how I was first introduced to it. I'm assuming. So we moved the year I got America. I got Samantha. I remember it was that year and there was like a lot of change. We moved literally like a mile away, (laughs) but it was a big deal. I had to move all my imaginary friends. You know, it was a lot of packing traumatic. So July 9th, 1993. So that's my birthday. And I would, would have been six. That's when we moved. And I must, I remember in my new neighborhood, one of the pros of the new neighborhood was my super cool, a year older than me friend, Karen Nesbitt lived down the road and she had two older sisters and they had five dolls. (gasps) Wow. That's That's a a lot of dolls. That's a big deal. Well, they had all of like, I guess once they got Josefina, when she came out, they had five, but it was a big deal. So I, I remember that was probably my first interaction with the dolls. And then my first memory is getting Samantha. That's when I was six. Oh my God. What did you think? Like when you opened that rectangular pleasant company maroon box (laughs) and Samantha appeared, like what were your first impressions of Samantha? I had a strong sense of value with the, with Samantha versus especially my other dolls. Um, I was really into Barbies also, And like, when I talked to my mom, trying to kind of jog my memory, 
I know like we lived out in the woods and I know that Barbie went out there, but I said to my mom, did Samantha? And my mom said, no, you didn't even play with Samantha with your friends. She was very precious. And I had a strong sense of her value. And I also felt so connected to her story through her books. Um, I I'm assuming that my parents must've read me the books. You don't really read that well when you're six. Mm. And I really felt connected to her both as like my doll and Samantha, the story. Yeah. I, I, that. I feel like Samantha is like a good starter character for that reason. There's something about her story and her whole vibe, her era. I think that people really resonate with because definitely I think for at least the time when American Girl was at its peak when we were younger, she was like the most popular one, I think, by far. Everybody I knew had Samantha, but I could be, it could be regional too. Yeah. Do you remember why you chose Samantha? We hear from a lot of people that they, if they weren't given the doll themselves, sometimes they saw like the dolls that their friends had and then made those decisions, like or were drawn to a certain doll because their friends had others or the same. Like, do you remember what dolls your friends had? And did that play into your interests as well? I would venture to guess that the reason I picked her were for very superficial reasons. Hmm. I think <laughs> the grass is always greener, especially as women. So she's brunette. She's got dark eyes. I'm blonde. I have blue eyes. So Kirsten was too close to me. Molly had glasses. And so, uh, and also I think. <laughs> Poor Molly. Like, well, you know, it's just, you know, it was the days of Barney where you made fun of each other for stepping on the cracks and things like that. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't want to get made fun of for having a doll classes. And then, <laughs> yeah, so that's, those were the OGs, right? Kirsten, Molly, Samantha, Felicity, Addie, Felicity. Felicity. So I remember when Addie came out and I did really want Addie. I, I really wanted Addie. My friend Karen had got Addie. Um, Josefina was a little bit late in my development. Felicity, I probably wanted Felicity also, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think also there is something urban about Samantha that I always resonated with me. I've always wanted to live in a city and that felt so cool. Mm, She's cosmopolitan. Definitely. She has some New York city ties and let's talk about this a little bit more. So I think you're our very first Southern guest. Correct me if I'm wrong, Laura, but I think Jamie is our first Southern, Southern gal here. I Um, believe you're correct. (laughs) So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your experience growing up in North Carolina and what it was like. I'm interested because Laura and I are both from New England and there are so many historical ties up North, but interested to hear your experience. That's probably part of the allure is like the unknown, right? Like the Northeast and New England just felt, I I don't even know what I thought. I thought it was just very posh. I've really enjoyed listening to other guests you've had and their stories and the differences and the similarities between our experiences. And a, a lot of the differences fall in that there was, I actually have heard some of this, like um, Maddie's mom had the library, you know, parade and things like that. Like it was a lot more hometowny. American girl was present in my hometown. And, you know, I asked my mom, like, why, what would warrant me getting a new accessory or a new dress? Was it, did it have to wait for Christmas? And my mom was like, oh no, you know, uh, Rosie Summers made all the outfits for Samantha. So there was like someone who's selling the outfits at the farmer's market or whatever. So there was that. I also think that when I did get her accessories, it like, I remember like always wanting it to look like it did in the catalog. And then when I would set it up, it just wouldn't. And I added my own accessories. I added my own little things was pretty DIY. And then Samantha could go on like road trips. You know, we would drive on vacation a lot. Um, so she would, she wouldn't be coming on a plane with me. She'd be going in the car. It was really like a scrappy part of culture in this the South. Really, yeah. This is really interesting. So did you have her like traditional, like pleasant company outfits too, or were you getting more homemade stuff for Samantha? And like, what were some of your favorite outfits there? I had her school outfit. 
the one she comes in and I had her birthday outfit. The ones that I'd had purchased that weren't from Pleasant Company were, you know, all different occasions still in the Samantha style though. Like there, there were these moms, you know, like these incredible people making these outfits for American Girl dolls that really under, like, I think you all have talked a lot about the research that must just have gone into developing each character. I feel like this, these moms and, and people that were making these outfits really understood that and cared about the continuity of it all. Um, there's one outfit in particular that I'm like, I can visualize that was like a blue and white tablecloth that you would use on the summer in the summer, but it still had that kind of like tufted front that Samantha's outfits would often have in a nice silk ribbon. So they were historically authentic, basically. Like there was a lot of attention to detail for the time period. And I'm sure like with the other dolls too, they were just as equally attentive to those details. I feel like it's not uncommon because I had the same experience to hear that people have purchased like non-branded American Girl clothes for their dolls because for me we used to go to this flea market and they would always have like these like fun doll clothes and I think I got like a raincoat and little umbrella from one of them yeah oh I love that I even had like little mini hangers Mm, that I I don't think I had Samantha's original trunk but I had a a like as Mm-hmm. And there were all these little cubbies and you could fold up her little pedophores and put them in. And there were little hangers. You could hang all the different outfits on. There were little hooks to put her, her hats or her ribbons on. And I just think every time you would get a new outfit, that would be like a whole new imagination world you could go to. Totally. Yeah. I feel like this area of American Girl is still alive and well, wouldn't you say, Lindsay? Like in our research, like the making of new outfits that are not necessarily American Girl specific, but they like are like homemade on Instagram or on like Etsy. Yeah, definitely. And it makes so much sense because there's it's such an avenue for creativity. And also, like the options are pretty limited in the catalog or, you know, on the website that people who are really getting creative with it or using their imagination, if they're younger and playing with it, like they're going to want more options than what AG has to offer. And I think, you know, it works both ways, like for the person receiving it. And then also for the person making it like there, it's just a whole different world. And that's, I think it's really awesome and exciting. And I remember looking at websites when I was super young, maybe like when the internet first (laughs) came into my, (laughs) my understanding when I was 10 or 11, and I would go to websites that sold homemade American girl clothing, which I didn't purchase. And I don't think I had any clothing outside of AG. And I didn't have a big collection in general, but I always thought it was really interesting and fascinating that people would be making these clothes like so historically accurate and really in line with what AG was coming out with. Yeah. And I think today, like if you don't, cause like Lindsay and I have talked a lot, Jamie, about how, like, especially after we visited the American girl store, how like the historical <laughs> doll stuff is not like the prominent feature of American Girl as much as it was when we were kids. And I think like if you are still very much into that, like your only outlet for like really getting expansive options would be to like go bootleg and like get these Mm -hmm. like off-brand outfits. So I think one of the probably like only outlets you have if you wanted to like build your doll's historical wardrobe today. Definitely. And people are creating such beautiful work. Like we follow so many AG accounts that are creating their own outfits and it, I'm always blown away by them. So if you're, you're listening in and you make your own doll clothes, uh, we're, we're looking and it's really remarkable what everyone has been doing. <laughs> that being said, Jamie, was there an outfit that stands out in your mind that you can remember as your favorite outfit for Samantha? Yeah, I think it was her birthday. I really loved it had actual, maybe it was satin, but silk. It felt like 
ribbons and there was a ribbon for her hair and uh, like long socks that came up and special shoes. I think that was my favorite. That is such a special outfit that we talk about a lot on this podcast. It truly is so beautiful. And I can see why that's your favorite. And I know that you have the happy birthday, Samantha book right next to you. And a thought came in my mind. I was like, I wonder if Jamie could like remember what the story was about. And then I kind of thought to myself a step further, wouldn't it be so funny if there was a drunk history episode, but like instead of history, it was American girl reenactments with adults. Yeah. (laughs) Drunk AG. I love that. I thought you were going to say we should do a dramatic reading and I was going to be like, yeah, can I come? Oh my God. That's a great activity. And that. (laughs) (laughs) The illustrations in these books are so incredible. I loved everything about Samantha's birthday story. Like I, I don't really remember what the story was, but I remember how it made me feel like, I feel like that was like my first taste of like true, like opulence of the Victorian era and just all of the beautiful colors and little desserts she ate and the ice cream, like it all just wrapped up itself in such a pretty little bow. I remember ice cream playing a prominent role in the story, but I don't remember much more about the story than the fact that like a little ice cream maker did come with her birthday accessories, but (laughs) (laughs) she had molded ice cream. It was actually formed into this really pretty shape. (gasps) Oh my God. um, there were these two really annoying twins at her birthday. One of them was named Agnes, Agnes and Agatha. And, um, the ice cream was full of salt and Eddie, the neighbor had put salt on the ice cream and it was, it was potentially the climax of the story. (laughs) Well, how, how is ice cream made? You need salt in it or around it to keep the ingredients cold and not frozen. Is that how it works? Possibly. I had salt element. I had the Samantha birthday, (laughs) I had the Samantha birthday book and the birthday outfit and I had the little ice cream maker and it really did make ice cream and I want to say that salt was involved in some way. There was an ice cream maker. I don't think I had it, but I remember seeing it. I remember, and I've talked about this before, so I'm sure our listeners are like, stop talking about that. But um, I remember my mom (laughs) being like so frustrated because like we got all the ingredients and like made the ice cream and it makes like a teaspoon um, (laughs) of ice cream. (laughs) So love their attention to detail, but it's not really going to like be making like a whole batch of ice cream. (laughs) <laughs> all I can think of is the easy bake oven oh my god yes also Love made it. me think of skip it do you remember skip it skip it oh, oh yeah yes. I I like how to skip it like within the past 15 years that's a great that actually that would have been a really good quarantine workout to do yes. totally just be careful of your ankles because you'll nail you <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Um, so Jamie, kind of on the subject of DIY and interacting with American Girl, we touched upon this in your intro, but would love to hear more about you building different home furniture or accessories with American Girl. And I know you had a specific book from AG. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I rediscovered it just through this process with you all. It was a book called Tiny Treasures. And it was a book that it was a craft uh, book that showed you how to make little dollhouse items. And some of the, a lot of the things that you would need, you would find at home, like a thimble or tacky, the top of a, uh, a bottle cap, uh, an old can, you know, you could use a Q-tip to make the little legs of a table. But I do remember going to like Michael's or, or, or Joanne's fabrics or something and getting some of the other sort of items that I needed. I was really into that in the summers. I just loved to scrapbook and do arts and crafts like this. So that was such like, there were so many subcultures to AG, just even the, the outfits for real kids alone. Oh subcultures. my God. 
right? The historic outfits for girls are like my absolute dream. I never had one growing up. I talk about it pretty much every episode, like how much I wanted one of these outfits. And my mom listening in probably is like, I should have just bought it for her. Like on the amount that she's still talking about it 20 years later. (laughs) But yeah, the, the American girl clothing just for like everyday wear is still so iconic. And like, I've recently seen some of the outfits that they had and I was honestly blown away. Like they still hold up today and they were a stuff like, like all of it was like something I would wear today. Surprisingly. Were y'all okay. Did y'all get the, um, I think it was called American girl. It was another magazine. Yeah. Um, they had like school supplies and like sleepover kits. Yes. Looking through the old catalogs, the slumber party kit. I totally had it. Oh my God. What was in it? So it had one of those fold out brushes that pops open with a little Um, mirror on it. Yes. (laughs) Confetti, you know, to start the party. Yes. Um, it had like a book of games. There was a flashlight and then a toothbrush one of those little, um, washcloths that you had, it was in the form shape of a star oh, yep. put it in water. It would expand. That is amazing. I know. I th- and then do I think y'all- I had this too, but I, I feel like, I don't know if y'all feel this way, but like, I remember having this, but it's mm-hmm. a very real possibility that I didn't have it. Like I just looked at the catalog so much Enough. and like envisioned yeah. it that like, oh yeah, I also had this, Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I don't know. Did I, who knows? <laughs> I had, um, I had the same feeling about this, like American girl planner that I think I saw in the American girl magazine. And that's how I found out about it. And by the way, there was no age that I was into American girl where I ever needed a planner to plan my life, <laughs> but, um, it was like turquoise blue and it had like one of those little like clasps that snaps around the front. And it, um, it had like the old American girl logo embossed on the button, you know, with like the girl mm-hmm. kind of like with her arms out. Um, yeah. And so, I remember loving that planner and everything about American Girl at every turn is a money grab. So I'm not surprised that they had (laughs) additional marketing to older girls or girls who are more into the American Girl magazine. Because like if you weren't into dolls, they were like, here's a whole Mm -hmm. host of things you can purchase. But I couldn't remember for sure if I had that for real, but I can remember the way it felt to hold it. So I know I must have had it. Right. I had that one. You did? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> oh my it was, God. It was color block. It was mostly that that um sort of teal blue color. And then there was like a yellow patch and a red patch, I think. Oh my gosh. I wish I could like find I wish I kept it because I want to know what I was putting in there. What right? Like what was I writing? <laughs> okay, do y'all remember grin pins? I still have a grin pin. I found it when I was home. Actually, I have two. I have one that is the classic AG logo girl with her arms stretched out. And then one is, um, Nebraska. Like it's the (laughs) outline of Nebraska and says like (laughs) NE. Did y'all have pen pals when you were growing up? I did. Um, Yeah. I don't think I did. Cause I remember talking to them about American girl. I remember, I don't know how, I think I was connected to them through American girl. Wow. You know what? In, in a magazine that I've seen recently, they had in the kind of the section that you would write in, like commenting on past issues, they had a girl write in being offended that they had pen pals for only homeschool children and that they wish they opened it up to public school children or private school. I don't know what you call it. Just regular school children, non homeschool. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> I think their response was saying that they were going to be opening it up. So I wonder if that was something that you were in. Yeah, must've been. I mean, I went to regular school, but it's weird. Like, how would you find out if you were homeschooled versus public school, Honestly, great point. And why were they, why know. were they gatekeeping it so much? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Jamie, do you remember anything about your pen pal, what you wrote about where she was from? I had a couple and I, 
I don't, I just, I remember like they were from different States. I think we talked about American girl. I remember I had, you know, paper that I would like spritz with perfume and little like (laughs) special letters, things, gel pens, obviously. Oh my God. Yes. An art form in and of itself. Yes. Whole separate podcast. Um, (laughs) and you know, a lot of acronyms like L Y L A S love you like a sister. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I don't remember much about who these individuals are. Well, if they're listening, reach out to Jamie Brown. (laughs) You know where to find her. (laughs) He wants to know what you're up to these days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Jamie, we have to talk about the AG catalog, which I think is such a mainstay in so many people's memories of American girl, but would love to hear your experience with it. Were you waiting for it every quarter? Were you circling everything you wanted? What was your time with the catalog? Like I felt the same way about the AG catalog as a kid, as I do about the pottery barn catalog as an adult, I get it. (laughs) I can't wait to look at it. And then I experienced this deep sense of sadness, knowing that I don't have the style (laughs) to recreate some of these little nooks, these little lives that, that these, that these American girl dolls had like just so thoughtful and, and there were prop stylists making sure it all made sense. And then there were, you know, sometimes there were little things in there that actually didn't come with it. You know, mm. that they were fluff always, yeah. always a tease, such a tease. I loved getting the catalog. I totally circled everything. I would circle everything, everything. <laughs> and I would sometimes pick things from other girls that I wanted for Samantha. Ooh, a little pastiche yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> what what was something that you always wanted but never had? Ooh, I think I always wanted. I've heard y'all talk a lot about Samantha's bed being the best. Oh yeah. It is iconic. But I always thought a canopy bed like Felicity's was so cool. It's like a fort but a bed. Totally. I think they could have made like an American girl of today, one that would have been like better than Felicity's, but still like scratch that canopy itch. Yes. That was opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Now before this podcast recording, you had shared a little bit about a subculture, which we told you to hold for the podcast. Jamie, what have you seen? <laughs> okay. There's totally like a subreddit about cats who sleep on American girl furniture. (laughs) Like this is a thing. So when I moved, when I went to college, my cats, especially the, the chunky one that liked to nap, she moved in to Samantha's bed, whether Samantha was there or not. And, you know, Samantha's expensive. We want her to last for generations to come. So we moved her because she was getting covered in cat hair. Um, but I, I've over, over the years and especially more recently, knowing I was doing this podcast, talk to people like that cats, right? Everyone has a story about how their cat either like stole her shoes or like came for her accessories, messed up the tea table, you know, the, the Samantha's tea set right after you had just set it up or slept in the bed. You know, it's totally like a subculture of of AG that I think is absolutely hilarious. It could be its whole own Instagram. Honestly, this is amazing. I need to look into this a bit more because I love cats in general. And this just crosses off so many boxes for me. I cannot wait to look into this further. <laughs> like, I know cats to be like entitled enough to be like $300 bed, <laughs> all mine. Right. You know? <laughs> Truly. And like the cats just fit so well on that size bed. Like yeah. it's actually perfect. For right. Them. Yeah. But I always say, because Lindsay watches my dog, Jerry quite frequently. And I just think one of these days I'm going to go pick Jerry up from Lindsay's house and he's going to be sleeping in a Samantha bed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Samantha, but I feel like Jerry might be able to fit on Rebecca's bed after seeing that in person the other week. Yeah, Rebecca's bed or any kind of like trundle bed situation that American Girl might have, but he's, <laughs> he's almost cat size. So I feel like 
he could potentially fit, but he's not like as liquid as cats are. Like cats can fit to the <laughs> container that they're placed in. And That's true. <laughs> Jerry cannot, but I think it would just be so funny since like Samantha's bed is such a iconic thing for Lindsay specifically. If she like purchased one and Jerry ended up playing <laughs> one day. <laughs> oh my God. But Jamie, you did mention that something that was important for you and your family was that Samantha, you know, was very precious, not like other dolls that you had and was to be handled with care. So I'd love to know what the status of your Samantha is today. Where's our girl at? Oh my gosh. She's still in my room. Um, (gasps) My my mom is like, you know, dying to turn our rooms into something more fabulous, but you know, there's just a lot of memories and things there that, you know, when you go to move them, you're like, Oh, I don't know. She's, she's in my room. When I go home, I always check on her. One thing I always wanted to update on her is her hair. Her hair didn't last, didn't stand Mm -hmm. the test of time, which is natural considering, you know, she's what I got her in 93. I can't even do the math. She's, She's almost 28, almost 29. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that hair is way beyond uh, its due date. So, you know, I keep it in a nice braid and make sure she's tucked up on a shelf or something. All of her furniture is packed away. What outfit does she wear? I think she's still in that birthday outfit. I think she's in all white or no, she just, doesn't she have a, a nightgown? Yes, she does. Yeah, She's in her nightgown. That's uh, also white with a pink ribbon. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's ready for bed. Yeah. So that nightgown is honestly so beautiful too. Right. Yep. It's just like all her stuff. Her. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> what didn't she have that I envy? Like it's all perfection. Yeah. Really. I feel like you asked about like the, the relationship between Samantha and then like the other dolls that I played with. And I mentioned earlier that I was really into Barbie. Samantha wouldn't like, I wouldn't play with Samantha with my friends. Samantha stayed in my room. Like she was very precious. If she went on vacation, it was like a big deal. You know, she never went out in the yard. Like Barbie, I shaved her head. I'd switch her legs around with different Barbie's legs. You know, sometimes (laughs) Barbie would have Ken's head on. I remember like burying Barbie in the backyard for a while because it was part of the storyline. I do think in my imagination world, in my room by myself, there was a, a world where both intersected, where both mm-hmm. Barbie and Samantha existed. But yeah, she was very precious. I understood her value. I love that. How did your brother respond to Samantha? Like, did he ever interact with her? Did he ever try to like, I don't know, be, be a brother and grab her from <laughs> you? <laughs> no, I mean, when I was into Samantha, My brother just wanted to play with me and my friends more than anything. He would go so far as to get his nails painted. If that's meant, if that meant us. So I'm sure he knew the boundaries and like, you know, he was into power. He was really into power Rangers. So that was a world where both he and I could like play and have fun. And I, I know our, our Barbies and our different toys got involved in that world too. Oh, I love that. Well this, right? well, this kind of brings me to our very last question on the podcast that we love asking our guests and can't wait to hear your experiences and thoughts. But Jamie, what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? This is my favorite question. And I've only just discovered this through this process of kind of re-adventuring into this part of my mind. And I was thinking a lot about who Samantha is as a person, you know, she has a lot of privileges and she is trying to live in a very structured world that doesn't come naturally to her. But what really stands out about Samantha to me that I think is, was true about me as a child and is true about me now is she had such a curiosity for people from different backgrounds and and different ways of life. Um, that really resonates with me. And she also didn't understand class. She just didn't understand the structure of, of the Victorian home in so many ways. And I just think that's like such a, an organic way of seeing life that, that really 
I constantly struggle to, you know, be more professional and put a filter on my, my comments and things. And like, I don't know. I just, I feel like, um, those are all characteristics that resonate with me that, that feel like part of Samantha's character as well. Yeah. I feel like you really touched on something, which is that I think all the books, but specifically speaking to Samantha here is that even though you aren't living in her exact time and having her exact experience, the way that the books were written took such care to make sure that girls, you know, of the ages of six to 12 or whatever it may be, could really resonate with the issues that were have that they were having, whether it was, you know, exactly something they'd experienced or it reminded them of something they experienced. I think American Girl does a great job of telling stories about girls from all different historical backgrounds, but making it accessible for Mm -hmm. young girls to relate to and see themselves in. Like when a new girl would, a new person, but really, especially a girl would start in my class or like move to town. I had what felt like a major girl crush on them. Like it was just, it fascinated me. Like you're from somewhere else. And I just, I wanted to know everything. And I was like inviting myself over to their place to hang out (laughs) on the weekend. I just wanted, I just was like, I want to be in your world. And I felt like that's how Samantha was with Nellie. Yeah, absolutely. I really, I really like that sentiment, Jamie. I think that really resonates with myself as well. And I think you really touch upon about like what draws people to American girl and why we still have such a connection to it today. Like being able to see yourself through all of these characters. And I think also what they did a really good job with is that through these books, like the different characters each had such distinct personalities and struggles, but they did have some similarities like that were so personable and relatable, but you would see yourself in all of the characters. And I think that just really is a sticking point. Um, and they were, we are. and they were flawed too. Like yep. the characters were not perfect, um, you know, representations of how a girl should be or should act or over glorified in their stories. I think the right. stories do a really good job of showing, you know, what went wrong for some of these characters. And sometimes like it's their own fault that that happens and they learn a lesson. There's a whole book series for each of them called, you know, Samantha learns a lesson, Molly learns a lesson. And so I think it is important too for young girls to know because not everybody gets this at home that it's okay to like be flawed and it's okay to make mistakes. And I think that for me, at least, I found that the books were really resonating with me when it came down to that. Definitely. Also had such a crush on her uncle. Uncle Oh my God. We love him. Have you seen a man with a car? Yeah. Jamie, have you seen the movie that came out in like the early 2000s? No, but I need to. Um, (laughs) Anna Anna Sophia Robb. Oh my God. When you said Shailene Woodley one time, I was like, oh my God, stop. She was in these. I need to go back and watch. Yeah. She was Felicity. Felicity. It's kind of funny because like all of the gals who starred as the AG characters, like ended up being quite famous except for Molly's actress, (laughs) unfortunately. I think at least to my knowledge, maybe she's done other things after that, but it it is kind of interesting that they chose those actresses so carefully. I know really worked out, but Jamie, (laughs) I think we all had a crush on uncle guard, including Samantha. (laughs) I think she had an unhealthy crush on uncle guard. And that's one of the flaws that I was speaking to earlier. (laughs) Truly it's infuriating. (laughs) You know, if y'all ever had like an older cousin, it wasn't a crush. Like you were like, you know, like that, but like, they were just so cool. And like, yeah. So yeah. like you took your favorite guy from dream phone, but his personality <laughs> was that cousin, you know what I mean? Like, right. You were so cool. Exactly. Yeah. It was just like a, it was like an intro to like, oh, men can be nice and cool. Like, right that's enough to do it for anyone <laughs> only in fictional books written by women yes exactly. <laughs> which american girl iconically is 
All right. Shall we get into a little personality quiz for you, Jamie? Yes. I'm so excited. Yay. All right. We are going to play a game. So Jamie, this is going to tell us what American girl character you are. But before we begin, who do you think you're going to get? I think I'm, I think I'm going to get Samantha. All right. I'm very one note. (laughs) We'll see. All right. Let's see. All right. What task would you rather do? Create flyers for a school election, help a younger sibling with homework, paint your room, or invent a new recipe out of leftovers? Create flyers for school election. All right. What's your favorite kind of movie? A movie about family, a movie about friends, sports themed, or a high seas adventure? A movie about friends. Which craft would you rather do? Make a sock puppet, paint a garden gnome, create a costume, make a pot out of clay. Make a pot out of clay. What's your favorite holiday? Your birthday, Valentine's Day, Christmas, or Hanukkah? Christmas. I feel like they should have <laughs> picked non, non-religion. Religious. Yeah, yeah, more options there. <laughs> holidays. Like there are others that don't, that don't put a religion in there. All right. Christmas. All right. What song title do you like best? I don't know if I've ever heard of these songs, so they might be real. They might not, but which do you like? Okay. You're my smile. She loves to sing. (laughs) Justin Bieber definitely sings. You're my smile. Does he? <laughs> no, no, but I'm oh. saying like if he were going to like if you're my you, smile. That like Justin sounds Bieber. like that like sounds like something <laughs> off of like the Justin Bieber purpose album. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're my smile. What does that even mean? I have no idea. That's bizarre. Okay. You're my smile. She loves to sing. Sweet harmony or starlight sonata. Starlight sonata. Good choice. All right. Which app would you want? A selfie app, a recycling app, a horoscope app, or a pet care app? Ooh, that's hard. I'm going to go with a horoscope app. All right. Which of these words or phrases do you like? You are my smile. That's my answer. All right. Hooray. (laughs) so bizarre. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Lollapalooza. <laughs> Shake a leg. Deeds, not words. Lollapalooza. All right. How do you like to travel? By boat, by train, on the subway, on foot. Mm, I love a boat. I'm going to go boat. All right. Which necklace would you choose? Something cute borrowed from a friend, a sparkly heirloom from my grandmother, one made of recycled glass beads, or a compass on a chain? Sparkly from grandma. What's one of your favorite pastimes? Riding, jumping rope, biking, or gardening? Jumping rope. Okay. Oh my God. Oh my God, Jamie, the best in you will always shine. Your answers show that you are outspoken, curious, dynamic, whimsical, compassionate, resourceful, thoughtful, sparkly, inspiring, creative, enterprising, sweet, resilient. You are Samantha. Wow. I'm shook. This is incredible. Wow. I... I'm impressed these, I, I couldn't even begin to like, tell you what doll these matched up to. Like there was no obvious answer. Like does Samantha resonate with Lollapalooza does maybe she would choose the grandmother necklace. But aside from that, <laughs> well, I, am- and I was sure when I picked boat that that wasn't going to go Samantha because her parents died on a boat. I think, <laughs> yes, they did. I feel like they don't talk about that nearly enough, but yeah. <laughs> Wow. Wow. This is incredible. What a way to, to wrap up that game. Well, 
I have one more game for you, Jamie, and I know you're a fan of this game. So I'm going to throw a celebrity out there and you're going to tell me who you think that that celebrity would have for a doll. And you gave a list of a few, but there's only one that I can go with because you love her so much. And it's Beyonce. Who would Beyonce have? I was afraid you're going to ask me because like that's the one like I just can't give an answer for. <laughs> I can't. Like <laughs> she's all of them. She's every woman. I think There's that's an your answer. I mm. think Beyonce is an amalgamation. It sounds like of all the dolls. Absolutely. Now, if you said to me which doll does Blue Ivy have, mm-hmm. I would go. I honestly, sorry, I'm very wonderful. I think she would have Samantha. I don't think that's wrong either. Her lifestyle screams Samantha, but with like a social consciousness. Yes. Yes. I love those answers. I think you're spot on. I think that Beyonce being an amalgamation of all five original American girl dolls is like exactly what the answer should be. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Well, Jamie, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. And please let our listeners know where they could find you. My Instagram handle is Midtown Jamie Brown. That's Midtown Jamie Brown. Lindsay and Laura, thank you. I have had so much fun digging back to this part of my life. You're doing something really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.